Good morning, dear listener. You're welcome to Nasco Moments. How many times have you washed your hands today? Remember to always stay safe. I'm your host, Hudum Gyang. The history of modern healthcare delivery in Nigeria will certainly not be complete without resoundingly recognizing the contributions of early Christian missionaries to the development of the sector. This is because the church missionaries pioneered Western-styled health services to the people with the establishment of the first healthcare facility, a dispensary, opened in 1880 by the Church Missionary Society in Obosi in the present-day Anambra state. Others were soon to follow in different parts of the country. In 1960, when Nigeria gained her independence, mission-owned hospitals were more than government-owned hospitals in the country. Some were the Seventh-day Adventist Hospital in Ilesha and the Wesley Guild Hospital in Ilefe, becoming the nucleus of some teaching hospitals, while others functioned as referral centers in the healthcare delivery matrix. Although some of the hospitals were taken over by government over the years, those that remained are still blazing the trail in quality healthcare delivery in the country. On your favorite Nasco Moments radio show this morning, we begin the first of a two-part conversation on situating the historical role of mission hospitals, fashioning a new model to address 21st century health and medical challenges. With us in the studio this morning is Dr. Joshua Sule from the Family Medicine Department, Joss University Teaching Hospital, Jude. He will be sharing his thoughts and perspectives on the topic. You're welcome, sir. Stay tuned to your radio as we'll be back right after this. Ever since I discovered the secret of Brightex white detergent, my clothes come fresh, bright and clean always. It's mild on clothes and good for my washing machine. Thank you, Brightex. Brightex detergent cleans deep stains and dirt from your clothes, keeping it fresh and bright so your clothes don't fade. It lasts longer. Brightex white detergent, a quality product from Nasco. Take the Brightex advantage today and keep your clothes fresh, bright and clean. For your brightest wash, Brightex. Brightex, for the brightest wash. Welcome back, listener. It's Nasco Moments, and we are discussing situating the historical role of mission hospitals, fashioning a new model to address 21st century health and medical challenges. With us in the studio is Dr. Joshua Suli from the Family Medicine Department, Joss University Teaching Hospital, Juth. Now we'll begin the conversation. Mission hospitals have been in existence for a while now. Can you tell us how it all started? Yes, mission hospitals have been existing for over a hundred years now. Um, in 1860, the Roman Catholic mission started the Sacred Heart Hospital in Abiyokuta, and then in 1880, uh, CMS, that's the Church Missionary Society, started the one in Anambra State. So they've been existing for over a hundred years now. And then uh, from 1960 up to the present time, we've had numerous, you know, uh, numbers of um, mission hospitals. And in fact, in 1960, mission hospitals accounted for more than 40% of the hospitals in existence at that time. So the Roman Catholic uh, mission started the Sacred Heart Hospital in Abruzzo, and then the Church Missionary Society started the one in Anambra State. And then, of course. These were majorly in the southern part of the country. Um, in the middle part of the country, Sudan United Nations 
and was based there they started the clinics, dispensaries and hospitals. While in the north we had uh, Sudan Interior Mission, they were based in the north and especially they were known for their leprosorium and they treated people that had uh, you know, leprosy at that time. So that's how um, the mission hospital started in Nigeria mm. about a hundred years ago. So what was the nature of healthcare delivery in Nigeria when these hospitals came on stream? Yes, when these hospitals came on stream, um, there were no Western-based you know, form of um, healthcare at that time. The majority of people in Nigeria were patronizing magicians, you know, uh, healers, traditional healers, and the rest of them. So very few people had access to quality Western-style healthcare. That is what the missionaries brought, you know, into Nigeria at that time. And of course, they concentrated on helping people, like children, women, who were neglected, you know, by the uh, government uh, services. So the missions concentrated on these um, people. So that's what it was like. There was no formal healthcare at that time. So what, in your view, was the vision of the Founding Fathers for these hospitals? Okay, the Founding Fathers really wanted to use um, healthcare as a means of reaching people with the gospel of Jesus Christ, you know. So they used um, their dispensaries, their healthcare clinics to make sure, you know, that they propagated the gospel of Christ. And then they also met the physical needs of the people, the community in which they served, you know, and then also provided an environment for training of health workers, you know, in that particular area. So the vision was to reach people with, with the gospel and also meet their physical health needs. In your opinion, is this the same vision that guides the operations of the surviving mission hospitals in Nigeria today? Yes, I would say to a large extent it's still the same vision. Of course, lots of changes have happened over the years, but you know, generally it's still the same vision that um, you know, drives the current uh, mission hospitals. Mm -hmm. Can you mention some of the mission hospitals that are still in existence today, especially in Plateau State? Yeah, for Plateau State we have hospitals uh, like Ola Hospital in Zawan, just here, Binham University currently, before it was a Banjo Hospital, from Christian Hospital, the Rehabilitation Hospital in Mangu. These are some of the indigenous hospitals we have on the plateau. Now, um, how, in your view, have these mission hospitals impacted healthcare delivery system in Nigeria? Yes, um, mission hospitals were the pioneers to a large extent of health delivery system in Nigeria. From um, them, the national health system, you know, took up. So they were one pioneers, and then also they provided the uh, atmosphere or environment for training of healthcare personnel. For example, auxiliary, um, you know, staff of hospitals, nursing schools, schools of health technology. Most of them were started by missionary, uh, you know, agencies. And of course, like research, um, adding to the uh, you know knowledge that is known already. So like in Wesley Guild, uh, we had Dr. Moli that did a study on uh, growth in children. And um, WHO used that model to be like a global standard in treating uh, children. And of course, they helped in policy formulation and then provision of quality healthcare and standards. You know, in those days, you, could, you, know, you had this um, guarantee that if you go to a mission hospital, you get quality preventive and curative healthcare. So they've had significant um, impact um, on the healthcare scene in Nigeria. And it still remains so today? Yes, it still remains so to some extent. Uh, of course, there has been lots of changes, challenges in the economy, finance, health, human resource. 
that um, has, you know, kind of um, made it difficult for them to run. But there's still potential for them to improve in what they are doing currently. All right, let's start. It's the NASCO Moments radio show. Thank you very much, Dr. Joshua Sule, for talking to us so far. Uh, stay right where you are. We'll be back after this. Mama Shakara, this your shabby city shine and how don't fit. How manage? Ah, my sister, now Brightex white detergent, oh, Brightex detergent not the fade cloth at all at all, and if they wash clothes clean well, well, it gets power to come out all the nyama nyama stain and dirty no matter how it be. You not go chop and soap? No, you know the chop and do, and it good for washing machine too. Eh? Mama Shakara, me too now Brightex detergent I go to use to wash all my clothes now so that I go to shine, shine and scent, scent and make Shakara like you so. <laughs> Brightex White Detergent, a quality product from NASCO. For your brightest wash, Brightex. Brightex, for the brightest wash. Welcome back, listener. This is NASCO Moments. I'm your host, Hudun Yang. We are discussing situating the historical role of mission hospitals, fashioning a new model to address 21st century health and medical challenges. Our guest is Dr. Joshua Sully from the Family Medicine Department, Joss University Teaching Hospital, Juth. Now we'll be returning to the discussion. It has been argued that since most of the missionaries returned their res- to, to their respective countries, just like we started before we went on break, there has been a downturn in operations of the hospitals. What do you have to say about this? Yes, um, post-colonial, after the independence, basically, um, the time came when the government required the leadership of hospitals, for mission hospitals, to be local-based. And of course, we know that the foreign missions started the hospitals, so they had to repeat, you know, the hospitals to the church. And of course, the church was not really ready at that time, and they didn't have enough trained personnel to take over the leadership of the hospitals. That was a big problem. Okay, so that's where some of the problems started, leadership and then, you know, succession. And then, of course, cost. Running hospitals is an expensive, um, you know, venture. So um, things are very expensive now. The costs keep increasing. So keep to keep uh, the hospitals running has been a challenge too for lots of medical, uh, for the mission hospitals. And of course, uh, it's difficult for them to source supplies from outside. Uh, during the missionary days, uh, most of the supplies, equipment, inventories were you know, sourced from abroad. But of course, with what it is now, it's very difficult for them to do that. So that's one problem uh, mission hospitals uh, face. And then, of course, there's increasing, uh, increased competition because we have more public and private facilities competing with them. So, you know, and some of these private hospitals have more front capacity than mission hospitals. So it becomes very difficult for them to uh, compete effectively. And then of course, we have increasing complexity of disease and, you know, and, 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 and complexity of disease and the burden of disease it keeps increasing. And then so that taxes the co- uh, capacity of uh, mission hospitals. And then of course, they have uh, difficulty keeping skilled staff as a result of low remuneration. So competing with public um, you know, facilities that pay you know, way higher wages becomes very challenging and difficult for these hospitals. So these, some of these factors have all mitigated to make it challenging to, you know, to run mission hospitals. But I wonder if some of them are still, uh, the church is still running some of these hospitals and what has changed the funding that they had when the missionaries were here? Can't they still get that funding today? 
Yeah. So, for example, when the missionaries were here, majority they got a lot of funding from overseas, you know, for staff, for inventory, for equipment. But of course, when they left, um, you know, it became difficult for the local leadership to be able to source that, um, you know, those funds. And of course, if you look at the global picture, uh, you know, you know, economic, you know, economic wise, it's been very difficult. So even um, the church abroad, foreign based, find it very difficult to fund, you know, hospitals here because of the cost. So I think the cost has been a major driver in making this, um, you know, this accessibility very difficult. Is there any linkage today between uh, uh, or collaboration between mission hospitals and their former partners? Yeah, I would say it's more like a mixed pattern. Um, at one at one extreme, you find there's no no relationship at all between the local and uh, the foreign uh, partners. You know, so there are completely no relationship at all. But in other settings, you might find some form of collaboration in, in terms of training, capacity development. You know, so something mixed. But it's difficult to find where you have 100% foreign involvement uh, in mission hospitals in the country currently. Okay, could, would you give us? Um a synopsis, a brief one of your book, Rethinking the Role of Mission Hospitals in the 21st Century. Yes, so um, I worked in um, a mission hospital for about 12 years plus and I saw what, you know, what, the, um, what, the, what they did. I saw that um, they were able, capable of providing quality care and um, they were training, very wonderful training experiences for local doctors. Uh, but also I noticed that um, their significance or their impact, you know, um, in the country, uh, in the health space has been declining over time. And um, I was wondering why that was the case. Why was it that uh, mission hospitals no more, you know, no more had uh, relevance compared to what they were before? Uh, so that was the driving force for me to, uh, you know, write in this book. So I found out that um, the way mission hospitals were run before and the way they were being run today is completely different. And uh, I felt that uh, the model used then was, was obsolete and a new model has to be adopted in moving uh, mission hospitals forward. So that's just a summary of um, the book. Interesting. Now, what kind of support does government render to mission hospitals now? Okay, um, well, government, um, they can't do before, before now, they, um, they gave financial support, even though this, the support was not consistent. It was once a while that they gave the, uh, the financial support. And of course, uh, government provided supplies, you know, um, sometimes to mission hospitals. And then of course, they provided training opportunities for staff of the hospitals. And then um, they also provided revenue uh, for mission hospitals to you know, participate in specific programs, you know, geared towards uh, providing care for the society or community. So those are some of the ways the government has uh, helped uh, mission hospitals. Looking back, what would you say are some of the major changes that have taken place in the healthcare delivery scheme, particularly in mission hospitals? Yeah, as I said previously, one was, or is the leadership, management leadership capacity, uh, because they were not, you know, trained and when they took over the hospitals from the foreign mission, that was a problem. You know, so that's one big, big problem in mission hospitals, the leadership and management capacity. <clears throat> and then also, there was a culture that the mission, uh, you know, mission hospitals had previously. 
So we knew that uh, they had very good inventory management, maintenance culture, you know, hardworking, uh, responsibility. All that has changed over time. You know, so that's one challenge uh, we also faced. And then, of course, we've enumerated the financial challenges they faced um, in terms of costs running, you know, the hospitals, very, very expensive now. And then healthcare or human resource um, challenges, you know, uh, they found it difficult to keep competent, skilled staff. And of course, you know, maintain the spiritual care for which the hospital you know, was initially um, um, modeled. Um, you know, that's been also a challenge. And then, of course, providing patient-centered quality care in some mission hospitals has been a problem. So these are some of the uh, factors that have affected uh, quality care provision uh, in mission hospitals. All I hear are problems and challenges. Yes. Has anything good happened since the missionaries left? Well, yes. Uh, in terms of the local, um, you know, um, space, local doctors, local... Um, here, healthcare providers have tried to mobilize to see how they can keep, you know, the quality of care provision at, um, you know, the mission hospital. So, for example, they zeroed in or measured in training. So, for example, we have um, a lot of med um, mission hospitals where training, in, you know, in family medicine and other disciplines are ongoing, and they've been able to produce um, very good doctors for. The country. So, training has been a very, very important um, area uh, where uh, mission hospitals have you know, worked. Um, you can look at, for example, the nursing schools and um, School of Health Technology. These are wonderful uh, schemes that uh, mission hospitals have undertaken locally to increase the quality of care in Nigeria. Alright then, so as, as we round up, do you have any final words for the listener? Yes. Um, I think that um, mission hospitals have played and are still playing key role in healthcare delivery in Nigeria. And then of course it's very challenging right now for them to run the facilities because of the financial human resource challenges we've talked about. Um, I also think that uh, we need innovative and creative ways to fund these hospitals. And I think that government has helped but I think government support can be increased in terms of cash and kind and then providing more opportunities for uh, mission hospitals to be able to deliver um, the care you know, we've always known them to, to deliver because the community loved them and uh, they, we believe that uh, with more opportunities and help it will go a long way in helping Nigeria meet um, its healthcare goals and needs. Hi. Now that brings us to the end of this conversation. I've been speaking this morning with Dr. Joshua Sule from the Family Medicine Department's Joss University Teaching Hospital, Juth. Together we have been discussing situating the historical role of mission hospitals, fashioning a new model to address 21st century health and medical challenges. Thank you very much for being here today. Thank you. I hope, listener, you have greatly benefited from this enlightening discussion. Remember to follow NASCO's social media handles for all the exciting information that you can get. Visit www.facebook.com slash NASCO group or follow the program on Twitter. The handle is at NASCO group. You can also send feedback on any aspect of the NASCO Moments radio show to the email info at nasco.net or by text through the dedicated care line 0805-774-7777. The NASCO Moments trivia question for this week is, what is the name of the first hospital to be established in Nigeria and what year was it established? Send the correct answer via text to 
774-7777 and include your full name and exact location. In the trivia last week, we asked you to tell us in what year the anti-land grabbing kidnapping bill passed into law in Plateau State. The answer is 2020. Congratulations to Mark Grumshin from Police Barracks and Moses Musa from West of Mines. We'll contact you and tell you how to claim your promised prize of a NASCO gift basket. The NASCO Moments radio talk show has been brought to you by NASCO Group. It was created by Unimark Limited Marketing Communications Consultants. Executive Producers, NASCO Marketing Department. Producer, Harun Audu. Research and Content Development, George Palm and Harun Audu. Production coordinators Solomon Audu, Deborah Galadima, and Alex Ruben. Until next time, please stay safe. Always wash your hands, wear face masks in public, practice social distancing, and carry hand sanitizers with you. My name is Hudun Gyang, and this is NASCO Moments. Mm-hmm.